0: For those of you who are mothers of teenagers or have ever been mothers of teenagers, there's something about the teen years when you just don't know, what am I going to do with these kids? They used to be so sweet and respectful, and I used to dress them up and hug on them and love on them, and they were just... And now they have become these running, rampant, hormonal little creatures that just have gone crazy. I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know how to deal with them. I don't know. Well... I used to be one of those horrible teenagers, and every Mother's Day, I am reminded, as my mother Bootsy was so patient and wonderful and kind with me, she fits all of the qualities of any kind of survey any kind of Proverbs 31 test that fits in with being a good mommy. And those of you that have now made it through those terrible teen years of your kids and have seen your fruits of the labor come to fruition, so to speak, I just want to remind you that as you train them up, there are certain qualifications that are, you know, spread out by the doctors as well as spread out across the biblical impact. And I think that some of you give yourselves less credit than you should for being good parents. This includes dads too, because most of the time you have at least hopefully the mom and the dad through those formative years. And many times there is a single parent, usually a single mother, that has to raise the children. But as a teacher of teenagers for 30 years plus, still doing that, I have found that most of the time kids are really receptive to listening and they're receptive to certain things. I'm going to give you seven habits of highly effective Parents of teenagers. Oh, you said, Yay, finally, you've solved all my problems. Oh, no, you know better than that. You implement what you know to do, but sometimes you forget. I would often forget as a teacher that I am not to reprimand the kids in front of the other kids. There's nothing worse than embarrassing a teenager in front of their peers. And sometimes that embarrassment can even come in the form of good. I remember that there was one kid in my class that did not want to be praised in front of the other kids. Didn't want any attention whatsoever. Didn't even want his name to be held out or singled out for anything, but keep him after class when the other kids were gone, and he loved it. When you lavished on the praise, he always stayed around for a hug and just wanted to get my attention and have my affection. I guess he wanted to impress me because he had never done well in any class before. So here are the seven things that make an effective parent or coach or teacher or someone who's dealing with children, especially with teenagers. First and foremost, you have to be a good role model you are, as a parent, the first person your child ever knows. You may be the first teacher that a child ever has, and that can shape how they look at school from then on. You may be their first coach, or you may be their first Sunday school teacher, or you may be right there stuck in the middle of uh, co-parenting maybe as... um, You have remarried and you're now in a different relationship or a new class or a new school when a child moves into a new district. It's so hard to fit in sometimes. But if you're the role model and you show them how to act, you show them how to treat others, you show them what the following six items look like, they are more apt to follow you. They learn by what you do not by what you say. We all know that. Number two, you have to set boundaries and rules. Children need boundaries in order to thrive. Everybody has found this out through the years, and we as adults need boundaries. When we're left on our own, we may want to just eat, drink, and be merry and do all of the things we never got to do when we were responsible for children or before we were single, married, or before we were out of school, whatever it is. And we all need to have our own boundaries and our own rules, and we need to follow them as well as expect them to be followed by children. I think everybody knows this. Number three, and this is good for all relationships at all times, respect. That's right. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, don't know what it means to me. I won't do that. Okay, forget it. Respect. And it has to be two-sided. Many kids will say, well, my mother just doesn't respect me. Or parents will say, my child has no respect for me whatsoever. You don't give respect. You teach respect. And if you respect your child's boundaries and if The children will respect your boundaries, and when you respect one another just by being a pleasant person, just by using calm language, yelling and screaming never gets anybody anywhere. And I had to learn that the hard way as well. Number four, be supportive and loving. It's really tough growing up in this day and age. We as adults, especially those of us 40 years plus, we have no idea what the kids today are going through with the schools and just turning on the internet and having all kinds of sexual things pop up or just walking out the door and even in the neighborhood of a small town seeing drugs being sold. We didn't grow up with this and yet they're facing it daily. And that's why we have to be supportive and loving and warn them in advance and tell them about this, but make it safe for them to come and talk to us about it as well. We had a peer support group at school where the kids could come in at lunchtime, and many times they wouldn't want to tell some of their intimate problems to adults, especially a teacher or a coach, but they would gladly share it with a fellow student, especially someone who they knew had been there and understood. I think of one that I had that had been one of the worst kids, so to speak, in school as far as fighting and getting in trouble and even getting kicked out a couple of times. And when it came to peer mediating, he was one of the best, and he became a juvenile detention officer because he knew how to deal with troubled kids because he'd been there. I have too. As you know, my story is troubled teen to teacher of the year, and I never thought I would end up my entire adult life in a classroom, teaching kids and then teaching teachers. Who would have ever thought it except God? Number five, and here's one where we all lack, be patient. Oh, God, I want patience, and I want it right now. Please give me patience. But when somebody triggers that button in us, and kids are the same way, when something is said or done, that triggers that one thing that really gets you. You want to explode, but instead you have to just be calm, stop, say a prayer under your breath, count to 10, and then have the conversation. Maybe if you can even take it to later. Could we talk about this in one hour? Let's have one hour of time out if you're a parent. If you don't have that time as a teacher, one minute's better than nothing. Number six, forgive. I know there is a great scripture that really gets me where Jesus said, if you are laying your gifts at the altar, if you're giving at the church at the altar, and you remember that you have something against your brother or he has something against you. Leave your gift there. Don't even give it. And go to your brother and make amends to the best of your ability. And the last and the best thing that you can give your child is quality time. Sometimes they just want to be with you while you're cooking or cleaning or while you're at your shop or whatever it is that a parent does. Especially a good mother will give of her time. My mama Bootsy gave me of her precious time. She's 96 years old and I know that I'm one of the few people my age that still has their loving mama. And I am so thankful for that. I thank God every day. And last year when I couldn't even see her for her 95th birthday because of COVID, I still had her in my presence, on the phone, on Zoom, any way that I could to be with her. Quality time. My friend, whatever it is you're going through, if you have lost your parent, if your parent has gone on to pass before you, if you have never been a parent, Whatever your situation is, there is one who loves you more than a parent, one who is ever faithful, ever loving, has all of these qualities, one who is wrapping his arms around you right now, and that's your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you've never trusted him as your Savior, now is the time, the best day, Mother's Day because he is your mother, your father, your brother, your sister. He is the one who will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you, God, for that. Lord, we come before you this day as we celebrate mothers, but we also celebrate parenthood, teaching, all of the things we have to come in contact with in dealing with children. God, thank you that we can be the role model that you have showed us how to be by being our role model. The one that has never trusted you as Savior, may they do that right now by simply admitting where they have fallen short. May they do that by simply coming to you and asking you to take control of their life. And Lord, you will, as you have promised. And I thank you that you did that for me many years ago. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. And if you are a mama today, happy Mother's Day. And to my mommy, happy Mother's Day, Bootsy. God bless. I'm Dr. Pepper, shaking the salt. Thanks for staying on, my friend. If you would like to contact me, visit saltandlightministry.com. If you want to share your story with me, ask a question, have me come speak to your group, or maybe just request prayer. Once again, saltandlightministry.com. Thanks and God bless.